Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Praise. It doesn't matter how you say it. Do you praise him? Can you lift him up? Can you exalt his name forever? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Our youth, thank you, our praise band. Please pray with me, eternal God, our God. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we thank you for this day, this day of worship, where we gather collectively to exalt your name. Lord, we are reminded that you are the audience of one, and may our praise be unto you, our uh, prayers be unto you, all that we do be unto you, and may you be lifted up and glorified. Bless now this word, bless now our hearts, prepare it to receive what you have for us this day. In Jesus' name, let every saint say amen, amen, and amen. All right, all right. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to join me in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, I have a letter from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10, and he writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We'll stop right there. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may take your seats. Just for a moment, I like to use as a title to tag this text, Against the Odds. Against the Odds. The National Retail Federation recorded Halloween sales in 2020 to be around 10.1 billion dollars. That's a B. In the previous year, in 2020, Halloween annual sales here in the U.S. of A. recorded around 8.9 billion dollars. It seems that we here in the Western culture are obsessed with 
dressing up and donning on costumes for entertainment value and to gather with one another. Halloween is something that many of us are familiar with because we get to put on costume and be our favorite character. Here in Scripture, Paul is not talking about Halloween, but he is talking about something that we as believers need to put on. And we are admonished to put on the full armor of God. The purpose of Paul's letter to the Ephesians and the purpose of his emphasis on putting on the whole armor of God is because of this. We as believers and as the church have an adversary. And we are not equipped to take on that adversary. In fact, the odds are against you and I when it comes to the spiritual forces that act against the body of Christ. And therefore, we must put on the full armor of God. Apart from God and his power, you and I are living against the odds. This word to the Ephesians comes at a particular time because, again, this location is called Ephesus. Ephesus is a, a metropolitan area, around 250,000 individuals in the Asia Minor province. And there in Ephesus, this metropolitan and very diverse location, you had a number of groups, subgroups, cultures that found themselves in this place. The city of Ephesus is a Roman province, and there in Ephesus you had commerce. They were located near a seaport, and so you had people from all around that came and found themselves in Ephesus. People of different backgrounds, people of different cultures, people of different languages, sort of like San Antonio. People of different backgrounds, cultures, language, ethnicities. But also here in Ephesus, there were people of different religions with different faiths. Ephesus is, represents a polytheistic culture. It represents a culture where the dominant religion at that time was uh, uh, Greek culture or Greek gods. Artemis is the name of the god by which many in Ephesus pledged their allegiance to. And not only did you have this Greek god by the name of Artemis, you had other type of acts, religious acts and customs and rituals by which the people in Ephesus adhered to, even to the extent that it served as idolatry. 
And so Paul's words to this first century church in Ephesus is for them to understand that even in the midst of an environment and a culture that is idolatrous and filled with wicked things that we need to understand that unless you are called by God, equipped by God, and prepared and dressed by God, you are against the odds. We live in a day and age where there are spiritual forces that work against the church and the people of God. And the reason that these spiritual forces work against the church and the people of God is to prevent the advancement of God's agenda to redeem a world and a people that is trapped in darkness and in sin. That is why there are spiritual forces working against the people of God. It is Satan's intent and his effort to hinder the work of God to bring man back to himself. And when you and I understand that we as believers will encounter spiritual warfare, then you will too understand the value of putting on the whole armor of God. This word that Paul writes to the Ephesian, he does it enthusiastically because there are a number of topics that he has addressed in just this book alone. He talked to them about Christian unity. He talked to them about Christian goodness or, and values and morality. He talked to them about how to conduct oneself in a culture that is counter to God and his righteousness. You know that for you and I to be equipped to live the victorious Christian life, there are some things that we have to put off. He, he, he encourages them throughout this entire book and especially in chapter six that we are called to be a light in a dark world. And in order to be that light, you have to be representative of God. I, I mentioned before that, that this, this, this first century church. Now we're not talking about, uh, uh, one church like here, like True Vine, but we're talking about a region where there are numerous churches, believers gathered together in these small enclaves and small groups in order to worship, in order to pray, in order to minister, in order to congregate with one another. And this letter that he writes to them is to all these small churches in the region for them to be encouraged and to know that the opposition that you and I face is not just flesh and blood, but that opposition is spiritual. And that opposition requires us to be suited up in a way because... Apart from that, we are working against the odds. Look at your scripture. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Notice he says, be strong in the Lord. It's because 
there in that culture where you had mythical creations and beliefs where people thought that, yes, you could worship God, but yeah, you can worship Zeus. He, he says, be strong in the Lord to make a distinction here that there is only one that you can be strong in and that is God and God by himself. It, it was like the believers there, the, the believers there, they would attend service and, 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 and read scripture, but then they would uh, afterwards go to the newspaper and read the Zodiac. It was, it was like that, 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 that the believers there, they would come to Bible study on midweek and then they would go and call 1-800-CLEO for Cleo to tell them about their future. It was uh, in a culture that people were still contending that we can do all the things that are idolatrous and are wicked and ungodly and then we too can serve God. No, Paul says that for you to have protection, for you to have strength, you must be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Understand that there is no alternative to strength as a believer. And for us, our full dependence and our full reliance is on Christ Jesus and him alone. And there is no substitute that for us to find strength in this life, we must be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Christian, Christian, Christian values. Christian virtues, to be strong in the Lord. That means you, we, 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 we can't act like and give into the old man, the old woman. You know how you lived before you came to Christ? And for those that are still living that way now that they are in Christ, you can't continue to do those things and expect to have strength in the Lord. Paul writes in Ephesians, he writes, to them, encouraging them to love one another. He, he writes to them telling uh, children, obey your parents. He writes to them telling uh, 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 masters, be kind to your servants. He writes to them telling them that there are values that are rooted in Christ that for us to be able to stand in a world of wickedness, we must practice those values because in those values we show ourselves strong in the Lord. I know, I know, I know ain't nobody in here go around burning sage are doing those things to bring positive energies. If you are, that's witchcraft because that is not being strong in the Lord, but it's like these in Ephesians where you are commingling with the darkness of this present age. Yeah, I tell you again that, that Paul is writing to the first century church in a community where it was widespread that you can have other gods, that you can uh, peddle in idolatry, that you can do all the things that you did before you came to life in Christ. But he says, no, you can't because in order to be able to stand, you must be strong in 
the Lord. Not only that, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Against the wiles of the devil. Believe it or not, but there are some in our culture today that do not believe in the existence of a devil. They do not believe that there are spiritual forces counter to mankind. They do not believe that there is an adversary that works in a spiritual realm. Well, I tell you what, you just look around. You look around. Uh, if, if you got Hulu or Netflix and, and they say, uh, we go show the Jeffrey Dahmer series, <laughs> that's evidence that you have a devil. Okay, if you just turn on the nightly news and look at the crime reports, that is evidence that there is a, a devil. There are spiritual forces that are working against mankind and working against the church of the living God in order to prevent mankind from receiving and coming into God's plan for redemption. In fact, I'm reminded in Acts 19 of a story where there was a, a Jewish priest. In fact, in Acts 19 and uh, verse 11, uh, it says something like this. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even the handkerchief or apron were brought from his body to the sick and the disease left them and the evil spirits the evil spirits went out of them then some of the itinerant jewish exorcists to get upon themselves to call on the name of the lord jesus over those who had evil spirits and they said this we exercise, exercise you in Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And check this out, church. It says, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit uh, was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. We live in a day and age where there are spiritual forces, evil forces working against the people of God and all of humanity unless you are empowered by the power of God's spirit and you are strong in the Lord. You and I are unable to stand. There is spiritual significance as Paul writes here in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know it's easy to say that the enemy is my brother. I know it's easy to say the adversary is my sister. I know it's easy to think that your co-worker is always against you. I know it's easy to blame the offense against another human. But the scripture says, for we battle not 
against flesh and blood. And at the heart of the matter, our opposition is not against one another, but the opposition exists within a spiritual realm where the scripture says that there are powers at work against the people of God. And there are powers at work against the church of God in order to hinder the people of God and the church of God from being the light of God in a dark world. So you have to understand, you have to understand that we wrestle, that our battle and our opposition isn't against humanity. No, no, no. That's a a redirect. It's not against one another. But there are spiritual forces at work. Take you back to the garden. When God approaches Adam. Asking Adam, where are you? What's going on? Did you take from the tree I told you not to, t- to take from? First thing Adam did was say, Lord, it was, it was, it was the woman. It, it, it was, you gave, her, you gave her to me. Scripture says we battle not against flesh and blood. And so as believers, we must discern and understand that there is a spiritual force and a spiritual realm that acts against the people of God to hinder the people of God from moving forward in God's agenda to redeem the world. Church folks, church folks, I'm talking to church folks now. Understand, your, 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 your contention should not be against the preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say your contention should not be against the usher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your contention should not be against the deacons. Uh huh. Church folks, your contentions should not be against one another. But when you conflict arise, you need to go to God in prayer because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, they didn't sing my song. We wrestle not. Against flesh and blood. Well, I don't like hip-hop. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We allow all these humanistic things and stylistic things to get in the way. And we miss the fact that there is an enemy of working against God and working against the program of God in order to hinder the plan of God. Come on, y'all. Church, you got to understand that when you fall for the trick, you are working against the odds. And so he, he points out that there is a spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is important for us as believers to recognize because in recognizing the fact that there is a spiritual realm, you need to understand how to be equipped. Because if you simply perceive this so cerebrally and all in your head and you try to get so intellectual about it, you will be stuck out. In fact, he says there are principalities. There, there are rulers of the darkness of this age. Now, he's talking to first century, right? Around 50, 60 AD, right? But there are still darknesses in 
this age. You, you, you drive down Petranco lately? <laughs> did, you, did you see the, I'll read your palm for five ninety nine. dollars Have you looked in the paper lately? He says that, that there are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. <laughs> what happened in Uvalde wasn't just a lone gunman, y'all, but that was a spiritual force working against that situation. And that is why the call for prayer and the call for Christian virtue is all the more important in the lives of the believer and the life of the church so that we might be able to stand against these powers, these forces, these spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. When Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, he came down here. He came down here into the earthly realm. And he came down here to tempt. He came down here to destroy. He came down here to steal. He came down here to kill. He came down here to frustrate the plan of God to redeem man unto himself. And so... When we understand that this is the battleground, then we too need to understand that we need to be equipped and prepared to stand. Therefore, and he says here, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Uh huh. He said, therefore, Take up. There's, there's evil out here. There are vices out here. There are cons out here. There are crooks out here. There's forces out here. And for you and I as the church to stand, we must take up the whole armor of God. You ask, well, what is the whole armor of God. And what does it allow me to do? Paul makes it very clear that when you take up the whole armor of God, you may be able to withstand and stand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. When you take up the whole armor of God, you are capable of withstanding and standing. When you take up the whole armor of God, things that people say don't take you out. Mm -hmm. when you take up the whole armor of God they cannot like you but you still stand strong when you take up the whole armor of God you won't respond to people like you used to remember how you give them a good cussing yeah, in fact, you'll give them a good prayer. You'll go into your prayer closet. You'll get down on your knees and you'll lift your hands to God and you'll call on him because you recognize he is the only help against the spiritual forces of wickedness, the darkness, the principalities against you and I, against this world. I'm closing here. He says, stand therefore, stand therefore. And he even gives you utilities in order to stand with and to stand on and to stand in. He gives you utilities. 
Verse 14, he says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We, we need to be truthful in order to stand. That's what I mean by Christian virtues. You and I are old enough to know what's a lie. You and I are old enough to understand what skeletons we got in our closet. You and I know well enough when we are doing right and then when we are doing wrong. He says, you and I need to stand with truth girded around our waist. And that truth is found in the word of God. It's not your truth. It's not my truth. It's not a subjective truth. It is a truth that is defined by the word of God. It is an immutable truth. It is a truth by which we stand. Not only that, he says, but there is a breastplate of righteousness. He says that we must dawn on righteousness and it must be at the forefront of our being. And because in righteousness, you will be able to stand and show forth a distinction that is God on your side, strengthening you and preparing you. And then he says on your feet, there should be shodded with the preparation of the gospel, the gospel of peace. Therefore, with that righteousness, and with that truth, you are able to stand with a gospel that there is Jesus, the son of God, who came down from heaven to earth to be about amongst mankind. And his death, his burial, and his resurrection is the way by which we come into God's redemptive plan. You got to have the gospel. And then he says, there is the helmet of salvation. That salvation, that knowledge that I know that once I am saved, I am always saved. That knowledge that I know that if it hadn't been for God on my side, where would I be? And then he says, there is a sword, a sword of the spirit that you can wield against that devil any day. That you can wield against those evil forces any day that you can wail against any problem on any day this is what it means to fight and stand against all odds don't you know that the same power that allows you to stand is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead don't you understand that you and I can come into that power today to stand against all odds. Beloved, be encouraged. I know you can get weary. I know that you can get tired. But in God's armor, you can stand. And when you've done all to stand, the scripture says, stand. Therefore, when you've done everything that you can do, stand. Therefore, when it doesn't look like things go change, stand. Therefore, because it's not your power, but it is God's power that allows you and I to stand against the odds. God bless you. There is. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.